You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on RBMA Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. We are live from Detroit, where we've been uh, for the last three days. This is our final show of the week from Detroit, and we have two uh, very special guests today, starting the show off with Bill Converse, who grew up in Michigan and is now in Texas, uh, just released a record on Dark Entries. This year has another one coming. He is going to be playing records for us for the next 45 minutes or so. And then on the second half of the show, we have Israel Vines, also from Michigan, now based in Los Angeles and releasing music on the Eye Teeth label. So stay tuned for that, and then stay tuned for the show after ours, which is going to be, uh, speaking of Eye Teeth, the people who run that label, Brendan and Erica of Interdimensional Transmissions, and their resident DJ, Carlos Souffrant. So definitely stay locked for the next three hours as we get ready to launch Movement Weekend here in Detroit. Again, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio.
Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York, live from Detroit. We've been in the mix with Bill Converse for the past 45 hours, going through a lot of cuts, ending with Anthony Shake Shakir into Jeff Mills that we're hearing right now. Uh, thanks for joining us, Bill. That was really incredible. Uh, thanks a lot for having me here. Yeah, you can just go yeah. right into it, yeah. Um, so... Let's start by shouting out your gigs this weekend, so I don't forget to do that. You're playing the Fit and Trip Metal Fest after party tonight at Menjo's yep. in Detroit. Mm-hmm. For anyone in Detroit and their hotel rooms listening, getting ready to go out tonight. And then you're playing at the Bunker Party at Tangent Gallery. Interdimensional Transmissions presents the Bunker. That's on Monday, and you're playing the three to six closing slot, which I'm really, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. I feel like we owe you a good one after the uh, Bill played the first party we did at Market Hotel in New York uh, before, I feel like before we had worked out all the kinks of the venue and gotten the sound in the booth and everything right. So we're going to get it right on Monday. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I was going to say that one still, was still a lot of fun. It was a really good party. It was just, I guess, uh, from my perspective as the person throwing the party it's not like we're used to getting all the details right so sometimes the first party or two at a new venue is a little painful for me when it's just things aren't perfect and it's beyond my control um so you started your set what why don't you talk about uh the record you started your set off with because that was that's pretty exciting stuff there um that was a track that was um originally on the cassette um release of meditations industry and um we omitted that on the reissue for Dark Entries. Oh, okay. And so this time around with the EP, there's three of the four remaining tracks from that album. That and com- one new one. That completely makes sense, because when I heard that track, I was like, oh, this is very much in the vein of the album tracks. Yeah. And that's, that's we're hearing uh, the album that Bill released on Dark Entries, yep. Laywater, San Francisco, run by Josh of Honey Sound System, uh, which was a reissue of the cassette that came out last year. And I feel like... You've been at this for a long time, but that record was really kind of definitely your introduction to a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, before that uh, in Texas, it was kind of hard to gain any kind of uh, recognition outside of Austin or maybe Dallas and Houston. Right. You live in Austin or Houston? I live in Austin. Austin. And you you grew up in Michigan for a long time, Mm -hmm. right? I did in, in East Lansing. Okay. And you started, I've, I've been, as I've been talking about you with a lot of my Michigan friends, I've been hearing like a lot about the legend of Billy Converse. <laughs> you, so you started DJing at a very young age. I did. Um, thanks to a very supportive family and my sister. Um, yeah. Uh, like at, know, what, at what age did you start like collecting and playing records? When I was 11. Wow. Uh, go down to FBC, buy drop bass records. And, I don't know, use records. And I heard, so you you had a setup and you practiced at home? I did, after a while, yeah. Yeah, because I, I mean, the story that I keep hearing, which maybe you can shed some light on, from Ethan, who works here at RBMA, and Brendan from Neural Transmissions, and pretty much everybody from, like, the Michigan scene in the 90s, is that basically, well, you can, your, your dad would bring you to the parties yeah and you you weren't booked but you would just kind of roll up on the parties with a bag of records pretty much yeah i mean i think being a child <laughs> at an event like that uh it was pretty easy to break the ice with somebody and at, 
I don't know, bug him enough to let me play records, so... Like, how, how old... So you started at 11. How old were you when this started happening? Uh, I guess 12, 13. Wow. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, uh... It was, it, yeah, I don't know. It's a pr- pretty, pretty amazing story. So, at at what point did you did you leave Michigan for Texas? Um, in the fall of 1998, um, my dad got a job working for uh, a company in, in Austin, so we all moved down there. Um, so, yeah. And so that was now 18 years ago. So you've stayed yeah. in Texas all that time, and it seems like. You were busy, but definitely relatively obscure. I mean, what what were you doing all those years? It sounds like you were definitely involved in, like maybe people outside of Texas didn't know about it, but it seems like you've remained super involved in music. Yeah, I always have. I've always tried to pay attention to what's happening um, and records coming out. You know, of course, there wasn't that many records to be found around there. You know, I mean, there there is, but um, I don't know, not for the kind of stuff that I'm particularly interested in yeah um but uh for a long time yeah just kept kept playing records ordering records finding cheap gear because there was a lot of it in austin um and uh yeah just sort of piecing everything together over a a long period of time you know drum machines a mixer everything so are you finding things were you like going around to what like pawn shops thrift stores pawn shops yeah just wherever wow not not really as possible today, but I guess Mm-mm. back then, I remember the golden age of thrift stores being from Pittsburgh where yeah. synthesizers and crazy hi-fi gear and stuff would just show up there. Yeah. Now it's all kind of junk. Um, so uh, what else do you have upcoming? I, saw, uh, you, I know you have this EP on Darkest Entries. I'm sure you're working on more. Yeah, um, there's a, a single coming out I guess sometime in the fall on uh, a Texas label. This guy Gavin Guthrie started it uh, just recently uh, called Texas Real Underground. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, he's got one record. It's a compilation of different Texas artists. Um, uh, and uh, I'm going to be the second second uh, EP on that on that label. Um, and uh, I don't know, there's, there's other music I have lined up with Josh. Um, yeah. Are you doing something with the control people? No. Maybe I thought they mentioned maybe you were the synth store in New York. Uh, uh, maybe, yeah. I guess... They mentioned you, they mentioned yeah. you on... They were on the show, I don't know, a couple months ago, and they mentioned something about a release yeah. with you. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. They didn't really get into specifics. Yeah, I don't know if I can... Have, yeah. If I'm supposed to talk about it. They talked. Yeah, okay. Well, they didn't really get into specific. <laughs> well, okay, it's coming. I mean, we've already yeah. talked about the okay. label. We somehow managed to talk about control on almost every episode of the bunker somehow. Um, and uh, I noticed you have some pretty uh, exciting gigs coming up. Uh, you're gonna play. I think these haven't happened yet. You're gonna play Acid Camp. You're gonna mm-hmm. play Hugo Ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems like you're really getting out there and hitting. Uh, hitting all the best spots in the U.S. basically. Yeah, kind of seems like it. Yeah. How? I mean, how does that feel? This is a new, is this kind of a new? This is a new thing for you, like touring outside of Texas. Yeah, it, um, it's great. I mean, I love doing it. It's great to get out of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course, I mean, I, I get to do what I love to do, and in different places, it's 
it's a an energizing you know so. yeah are you and i i you're you have a tour coming together you must you probably have some more gigs coming right because i've been contacted about maybe august or september or something yeah, you're gonna yeah. be yeah i was trying to trying to you know work out more of them um i think uh in uh pittsburgh for um uh, september 3rd is that hot mass i think so yeah okay yeah, yeah you're definitely hitting all the best spots <laughs> in the u.s underground it sounds like yeah. um any plans to go to europe or anywhere else or is that uh hopefully uh i was working that out with a friend of mine we we're just gonna buy a ticket over there but i don't know just, just go over and see what happens. Yeah, see what happens. Just try and line things up once I'm over there, or sort of in the process of doing so. so. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so Nahal was telling me that you have a studio set up in a trailer or something in Texas. How yeah, does this work? Uh, it's a shipping container. Okay, shipping <laughs> container. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. It's got a air conditioner, um, and it's, uh, it's it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you have some you have some radio background, actually, kind of a lot of radio background, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I guess I kind of got pulled into this music by way of radio in East Lansing. There's a show called The Mechanical Pulse. Uh -huh. Also, we have a we we had a little pirate radio um, show in Austin for a little while called Time Life Meth Rave that's moved on to uh, IFM, which is IFM is, I mean, for me, one of my biggest influences and like yeah. musically like still i've been yeah, listening still, for years here. and years and still when i don't know what to listen to it's like just tune into ifm like it's it's always going to be good um how long have you been doing the i doing the show on ifm a couple of years yeah how how often just once a week oh every sunday just once a week yeah. i mean that's a lot of radio man yeah <laughs> um well, i do the show with two other people so we kind of spread it out right uh, um, so I guess last thing, I was um, talking to our next guest, Israel Vines here, and he was saying that he was uh, roommates with your sister, mm -hmm. and you guys used to do house parties there, and you were playing at those. When 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 was that, and what was that like? <laughs> Israel's wincing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago, but I don't know. That's I don't know. That's where I, I fell in love with the music. I yeah, I, I think that for most of us, for sure, for me, and I mean, that's that seems like where it kind of starts for pretty much everybody yeah. is like playing records in somebody's, you know, somebody's basement or somebody's mom's basement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, well, uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. That was me. a really great set. And again, uh, for everybody in Detroit, which seems like it's most of the U.S. techno scene right now, you can, can catch Bill tonight at Menjo's and on Monday night at the bunker at the Tangent Gallery, where he's going to be playing a closing set. So really looking forward to all of that. And I guess uh, we're going to let this track play out, this track from your album. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we're going to be joined by uh, Israel Vines, and we're going to go right into the mix with him. And then after that, at 9 o'clock, Interdimensional Transmissions with Carlos Souffrant. So uh, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio, live from Detroit.
Music Academy Radio, broadcasting live from Detroit.
Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York, live from Detroit on RBMA Radio. Uh, We've been in the mix, pretty deep ambient mix here with Israel Vines for the past 45 minutes. Thanks for joining us, Israel. Thank you so much for having me. So, how's it going? It's going great. It's you, going great. You Did you just arrive I in did. Detroit? I did. I uh, got into Chicago at about 6 a.m. this morning and hopped in a car and came straight here. Ooh, yeah. that's a little brutal. Yeah, it's going to be a long night, but I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. So, uh, you have a gig tonight? Right. I'm playing uh, with the, um, the, I guess there's a number of official opening parties, but this is the Blank Code Act Octave co-production. Uh, it's going on at the works. A lot of good guests besides myself. Uh, Anthony Parasol is playing, Dave Function, uh, Drum Cell, um, Jeff Derringer, and I'm sorry, but a bunch of other people that I'm not uh, remembering off the top of my head. But it should be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think you hit most of the the headliners there works is always packed this weekend that should be a good one and then uh tomorrow you're playing at the official movement festival i am i'm playing the on the uh interdimensional transmission showcase stage uh between three and four right before patrick russell plays right we have a lot of friends on that stage tomorrow resident djs we have derek pleslaco and mike servito back to back as israel said our resident dj patrick russell carlos souffrant Ectomorph playing live, Scott Zacharias. Oh, I feel like there's Mr. Claude Young and Claude Young. How I don't I don't know how I could possibly forget Claude. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume this is your first time playing the Movement Festival. It is absolutely. Um, and I'm also going to assume that you've been to the Movement Festival before. Right. <laughs> I went to uh, the first eight. Um, I was living in. Living in Chicago when the festival first started, and uh, I went to the, f- I traveled up for the first few, and then I was actually living in Detroit for six years, maybe seven years. So I went to, uh, I went to the festival every year while I lived here, and uh, I moved to Los Angeles after that with my wife, and um, I haven't been back since. I'm uh, ashamed to admit, but I'm happy to be what, back so now. That would be like 2000 through 2007 or eight. You were at all those. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. How? What was how? What you? Spending some time in Detroit, what was your reaction to the very first one? Uh, I mean, I think anybody that was there will tell you that the first festival was really an amazing thing, and it was kind of a shock to the system for those of us who had been active sort of in the Detroit scene to see such a large number of people and the reaction, and just it, it was a really emotional thing. Like I said, anybody that was there will tell you that. Um, and then I think there was a large readjustment period where everybody was kind of scratching their heads, wondering what the fuck was going on, given the fact that we were fallow for most of the year. And then once a year, you know, techno was this huge thing in Detroit and everybody gave a shit. And uh, there wasn't as much of that support throughout the rest of the year. Um, so I think it was actually, you know, a really good catalyst for people to uh, kind of get their heads together and figure out. Um, what we could do beyond, you know, just one weekend a year. But it's still, I mean, to me, not to be Debbie Downer, but it feels like things have certainly improved in Detroit. And you have Blank Code and Brendan and Erica, a lot of things happening at TV Bar and things going on. But it still really is kind of about that weekend mm-hmm. for Detroit, I think. Is I mean, I, I can't speak to it. I can only speak to the to 
to the time when I lived here. I, I'm not as in touch uh, with see. what's going on. So you saw a difference, since I left. like from before the festival to after the festival, right? In right. just the local, right? I think so. Quality and frequency. Of Again, yeah, that's just my perspective, which is often <laughs> a bit off, admittedly. Right. So when you were, were you DJing when you were here in Detroit? How long? Oh, yeah. How long have you been at that for a long time? Uh, yeah, I started um, in. 90, 1993 or 94 is when I started. 94, I believe, late of late in the year in 1994. Um, uh, one of my one of my first roommates in college was uh, a Chicago kid, and his brother was really into industrial music and uh, things like LFO and Aphex Twin. So I kind of got introduced to that from him. And then a restaurant that I worked at uh, all throughout college, there were a couple of people there who were into that type of electronic music, but were also doing um, more interested in like Detroit techno and Chicago house. So that's how I got introduced into to that whole world and everything kind of uh, spiraled from there. Right. And then at some point you started producing and you started the Borrowed Language uh, label. Tell us about uh, how that got started. Okay. Um, I mean, I dabbled in production for a number of years uh, and nothing came of it. I I just wasn't very good at it. Um, I don't know, fits and starts, I guess. And then after uh, my wife and I moved to Los Angeles in 2008, I was having a hard time meeting people and sort of just figuring out what was going on there. And uh, I don't know, I was just sort of isolated and looking for some way to um, contribute in some way to the, the, the music that I cared so much about. Uh, so I got serious about production, um, working with uh, Jeff Petro in Chicago. And um, I started the label and uh, just kept on it from there. The label didn't last long for a number of reasons that I (laughs) won't go into here. Um, But it opened a lot of doors and sort of got the ball rolling for me and uh, got me producing on my own. And um, I'm really, really happy that I did it. And uh, yeah, so here we are. But is the label at this point, is is it possible that more releases could come out on the label or are you just completely done? Sure, I mean, anything's possible. I, I, I think of it as uh, something that's on semi-permanent mothballs. Um, being a label owner was never my first priority. It's just something that I did sort of out of necessity. Um, and what came of that was having other people interested in releasing my music. Uh, it, they're, you know, Semantica and uh, cult figures, and I've done some remix work, and, but most importantly, Erica and Brendan releasing my music on iTeeth. And uh, I find that I'm just more, I'm happier spending that time in the studio working, trying to get better at what I do than I am trying to be that label owner. It's a lot of, yeah, I mean, I wear pretty much every hat you can wear yeah, in this yeah, I business don't, I and it honestly becomes, don't know how you do it. Yeah, it can it can uh, it can kind of water things down in a way. It's it's it keeps it really interesting for me, but I can see I mean, I would say that uh maybe this focus more on just the production like I really hear I feel like the eye teeth every rec- I really love all your records, but I feel like the two eye teeth records are like extremely strong and feel like a huge step forward well thanks to me thanks. um well the you... goal is to just get better you know with every release so yeah 
And I assume, are there, uh, are there, is there anything else in the works that you can talk about right now? Yeah, um, I have uh, two remixes that I just completed, one for a Dutch label and uh, one for uh, a domestic label here. I don't know how much more I'm supposed to talk about that, so I won't. Um, we have another uh, KGIV record uh, coming out on iTeeth, and that is a collaboration between myself and my friend Kit Gary in Chicago. We did one release on Horizontal Ground um, two years ago, I guess, and we've done another one for iTeeth. And uh, after that, I'm taking some time to focus on something um, a little more substantial, I guess. Uh, An so, album, perhaps? Uh, something a little <laughs> more substantial, and it's going to take me a little time, um, but I'm really excited about the prospect uh, and the, the challenge, and um, yeah, I, I can't wait. I've kind of been out of the studio for the most part um, in terms of production for a little while, and I'm uh, really itching to get back in, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you, I, I was asking earlier if you were a radio guy, and you said no, because I, but I, I assumed the answer to that question was going to be like, yeah, man, I was music director at some station, <laughs> because uh, I know that you're really deeply into a lot of music well outside the boundaries of techno I oh mean, sure we, we heard melvin's in the mix you played today yeah for absolutely one mean, of my favorite bands of all yeah. Time. yeah um so yeah i would i for one would be super excited to hear what you would do with uh the eps have been great but I'd, I'd personally love to hear you stretch out i'm looking forward to uh, and uh we were talking earlier about how um kind of the first festival here really galvanized things in detroit and made things happen in the way in the early 2000s mm-hmm and as someone who's on the ground in LA, I'm wondering if you, what kind of insight you have into why all of a sudden, I mean, with everything I do, inclu- including running a booking agency for many, many years now, I had pretty much zero interest in any of my artists almost ever in Los Angeles, which mm-hmm. for everybody outside of the States would just assume that's going to be a huge market for techno right. in the US. And after a decade-long drought with maybe a sprinkling like maybe Derek played a couple times and Dazi played now I'm getting constant requests mm-hmm. from LA for all my artists and it seems like there's a lot happening there sure and you have like fine time and acid camp and Mount analog and uh, and, dir- and dirty epic and, yeah dirty, you know, yeah and the droid behavior you know I, I cannot speak to anything that was going on in Los Angeles before I got there um, when I got there, it seemed like there were some smaller events going on sort of here and there, but the Droid Behavior crew was the only only group that I was aware of that was really booking um, quality techno acts. Uh, and then slowly, yeah, things just started building up. And, you know, the, the Mount Analog shop opened up and they started curating some really excellent events. Um, and the Dirty Epic crew has been doing things. And, yeah, the Acid Camp, they just celebrated their one-year anniversary that uh, Patrick uh, Russell and I played last weekend, which was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of people doing weird, cool shit, and I... I really don't know where it all came from, uh, but I'm glad it's there. I feel yeah. A lot no one's no one's been really able to answer this for me. I don't. It's fine. I'm just. It's just like it's really amazing to see a scene. Just I'm sure it didn't appear out of thin air, but the quality of it have, has seems to have 
skyrocketed in the past couple of years. It's just, um, I mean, it's really, yeah. it's always, it's great to have another node now in the U.S. where, you know, all the cool artists are going and cool things are happening. Absolutely. And I think one of the cool things about uh, the parties that I've been in, been to in L.A. is like the, the crowds, I... I don't want to say techno is new to them, but like underground techno might be new to a lot of people. And the good thing that I'm finding is that generally crowds are curious and they're up for a lot of shit. Um, I'll go to a techno party one weekend and then, you know, I'll go to a rock show the next weekend and I'll see a lot of the same faces. Um, so I think that there are just a lot of people there that are hungry for quality music of, of, of any stripe, uh, which is really encouraging. Okay. Well, we're getting the rapid up signs here where we've got a, uh, we're going to play one more track. We're going to play your, uh, your new, do you want to say what this is? It's your new, newest release on iTeeth. Right. Came out pretty recently. Right. This is, uh, the, uh, title track from the Gatekeepers EP, I believe. Um, yep. and, uh, yeah, enjoy. And, uh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. No, Brian, I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, thanks for being here, and everybody stay tuned. Speaking of iTeeth, the people behind the label, uh, Brendan and Erica of Interdimensional Transmissions, are coming up next with Carlos Soufrant, probably, possibly my favorite DJ in the world. So definitely stay locked for that. You've been listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio.